0: The Theraposa Blondie. Written and narrated by Alan Walton. It was Sunday and all the laboratory staff were off, save for Dennis' legs and his assistant, Robin. It'd be keen to join Dennis on this rather special day. A day when Dennis would reveal his latest retrieved spider specimen just flown in from Mexico. They could not carry out this important experiment, as, for sure, the lab bosses would veto it. But it was important, as the two of them both realised. There would be no funding for this research and the labs were already behind on so many fronts. But Dennis was determined, and, it has to be said, it was his time. They placed the white box on the bench and gradually undid the security tape, and then cut through the sticky tape. Dennis already had two pairs of rubber gloves, just to be safe. With large tweezers, he started to remove the leaves that were covering the spider. Removal was uninterrupted, as the leaves parted to reveal a black and yellow striped leg sticking out from underneath a particularly large leaf. As he delicately lifted up the leaf the full glory of the creature was revealed it was it was a theraposa blondie a goliath bird-eating spider he gently placed his glove hands underneath it and with great care placed it on the white slab he gasped as it seemed to weigh as much as a small puppy They could see a slight movement from a couple of the legs. It was alive. Oh, joy! It had survived! Dennis smiled. They could carry out the experiment after all. They realised that after this very long journey in protected air freight, this critter must be famished. Robin went over to the cages and dragged out a rat, sliced its head off, and placed the still quivering creature on some tissue paper, and placed a large glass dome over the two of them. Nothing immediately happened, but then, in a flash, the spider lurched forwards and sunk its fangs into the still bleeding open wound where a head used to reside. As it fed, they went over to the other side of the lab to set up the experiment. Dennis had been fascinated by the notion of communicating with insects and being able to expand the consciousness by interfacing with some software he had quietly developed. Consider this. A fruit fly has approximately 12,000 neurons and, paradoxically, would perform many more functions than you would expect with such a limited portfolio. He had achieved some limited success and was mentally bursting to make the attempt on his new guest. It seemed appropriate then to name the dear thing and Robin came up with the name. Boris. They would have a coffee and then get the experiment going. As they passed the glass dome, a cursory glance revealed Boris resting. No sign of the rat corpse, apart from some fur fragments. Now, a little more on Theroposa, Blondie. Spiders are air-breathing anthropods that have eight legs. Chalicera, with fangs generally able to inject venom and spinnerets that extrude the silk. They are the largest order of arachnids and rank seventh in total species diversity among all orders of organisms. The Goliath bird-eating spider, now named Boris, had a leg span of over 11 inches, sufficient to cover a dinner plate and weigh, yes, as much as a small puppy. But Boris was double that weight at least. There is an alien intelligence living amongst us. These creatures possess an extraordinary kind of consciousness, including minds that extend beyond their bodies. Yes, thanks to our ignorance and arrogance, our immediate impulse is to kill them, maybe this time Things will be different. This is no fantasy. These alien minds really are lurking in the shadows of our houses and gardens. Spiders! We have long assumed that, like many invertebrates, they are little more than automata, lacking an inner life. But we are now discovering that some arachnids possess hidden cognitive abilities. ...rivaling those of mammals and birds, including foresight and planning, complex learning, and even the capacity to be surprised. Stranger still, the delicate silk threads they spin out behind them, (laughs) so easily swept up by a, a, a feather duster, help them to sense and remember their world. Indeed, spider silk is so important to their cognitive abilities that some scientists believe it should be considered part of their mind. After the experiment, they could place Boris in a glass tank with some vegetation and sustenance and let him weave some webs, just to feel at home. Once the webs had been woven, they would be able to measure any increase in intelligence. The idea that the web itself was part of his consciousness Intrigued them. In fact, intrigued them both. Yes. Arriving back at the computer terminal, Dennis set up the software, ready to get to know Boris. Robin collected Boris, careful not to drop him, and placed him in a glass bowl, lined with foam, just for Boris's comfort. Dennis gently injected Boris with curare, and within seconds, all movements stopped. He was paralyzed. With a magnifier, he gently made a small incision at the back of Boris's head and inserted the tube-like tiny electrode into the brain cavity. Dennis noticed many pairs of eyes looking up at him. He wondered what was going on thought-wise. When the experiment was over, He would take Boris home to meet his family. He couldn't leave him alone here in the lab. He would be well cared for. The lead that connected to the electrode was then plugged into the interface itself, and the monitor lit up. First, swirling images of Lattice, and then a fuzzy image which gradually cleared to show Dennis and Robin looking back at themselves. By luck, they had made an excellent contact with Boris's vision center. A few small adjustments with frequency, and they had almost high definition. There was no color, just monochrome, but they were happy with that. Robin suggested they try to tap into any audio that might be available. Dennis spent the next 15 minutes trying to capture sound, and then, to his amazement, a clicking sound emerged, very puzzling. It was a good thing that Boris was paralyzed as any movement would lose this parallel connection. He played with the EQ and they were shocked to hear a high-pitched voice starting to emerge.
1: Ah, ah, Please don't hurt me anymore, I'm feeling pain. You're not justified in experimenting on me!
0: They both stepped back, stunned by this discovery.
1: We were here long before you apes first walked on this planet. Our planet, by the way. We, our many tribes, have been here for over 400 million years. You are the infestations. You that think you are the superior species. You that kill for no reason and kill your own. We will kill for sustenance, not for the process. You are cruel. I am in pain. I demand you help me. There is a great pain in my head. You must desist with your experiment. Please.
0: Neither of them could find words to how they were feeling. Dennis looked at the myriad of little black eyes which seemed to be glistening. This was such an important discovery to be in direct contact with another intelligence that probably equaled his own. He muttered something about deep regret and that having come so far he could not abandon this. He indicated that he would continue regardless and make the experience for Boris as painless as possible.
1: This is unacceptable. I gave you fair warning.
0: They looked at each other. They had to continue and at least present their findings to the scientific community. Fortunately, these communications were being recorded. Without warning, there was a massive crash against the lab door and then repeated several times. Without knowing who or what was assaulting the door, They did their best to move a heavy cabinet against the door. The determined banging sounds increased in intensity until the cabinet toppled over and crushed Robin underneath it. Blood oozed out where the cabinet handle had crushed his face. The cabinet was sliding away from the smashed door and Dennis saw the gigantic black and yellow leg entering the lab followed by the body of the gargantuan Theraphosa Blondie. Dennis was picked up by one of the enormous legs and swung helplessly in the air, looking down at the large black eyes, full of revengeful intent. The eyes glistened as if tears were forming.
1: My father, my father, you have come to save me.
0: Nicely and quickly, Dennis had his head bitten off, and it dropped to the floor, and his body was limp.
1: I did warn you apes, I gave you a chance, but you did not care, so revenge has been uh, carried out. Father, oh father, please help me, please, I think I am...
0: A long shadow of the parent slid across the computer terminal. Tears were dripping onto the keyboard. It was too late. What his colleagues would think in the morning would be beyond description. In time, they would find the recording. The world would be changed. The End